the hardest part of launching is managing your mind. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Last month, I launched my group program, Rebrand, for the third time, and I have been spending some time going over the launch, what went well, what I want to change, and I wanted to share a podcast episode that kind of rehashed this launch process. I don't know about you, but I'm really fascinated by this process, and I think it is really helpful to hear from other creators and just kind of hear what goes on behind the scenes of a launch because they're, they're a lot. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it that I don't think I was even aware of until I really started taking these launches more seriously and made them more of a strategic part of my business. To be honest with you, when I first started into education, I wasn't really doing that and I didn't really need to do that. There's this interesting thing that happens when you like make a pivot in your business or in this case launch into education. My business coach explained this to me because I was kind of lamenting about how the first launch and even often the first two launches didn't feel that hard. Like I got I think, you know, between 10 to 15 people each time and it didn't feel that hard. And she was like, "Well, yeah, because when you launch something new, you are skimming from the top of people who have been warmed up over the past however many months or years. And so they're ready for you to announce something new and they're ready to kind of take that jump. But then every time that you relaunch, there are fewer of those people unless you're actively working to warm up that audience and get them ready. And I thought that that made a ton of sense because I think a lot of us have that beginner's luck when we start doing something new. And then when you do it a second or a third time, it can feel so much more difficult. And that's why it's really important in between launches to be getting people to a place where they're ready for your offer when it comes. So today I'm more focused on the launch itself. I would say the biggest thing that I probably will be adjusting in the next couple of months is making sure that between launches, I'm doing a good job of warming up my people and letting them know what's coming next because Rebrand will launch again, probably, hopefully, for years to come. But today we're really focusing on the launch itself. So I've got a lot of numbers to share with you today. So if you are not familiar, I'm going to walk through what it looks like to launch a round of Rebrand. During the last launch, which would have been in, we started in April, so it would have been in about February. No, so it would have been in March. I introduced something new. My business coach calls them momentum events, and it's essentially to get people excited and get them to a place where they are ready to come into your program, or at least in a place where they can decide if they're ready to come into your program. And so my momentum event is my brand photography jumpstart. This has had a few different names over the last year, but brand photography jumpstart is what I will likely be calling it going forward. And this is a free mini course. And my messaging behind this mini course is to make your first $500 with brand photography. This was also a change from the last round. 
last time I called this program, So You Want to Be a Brand Photographer. And there wasn't really a promise. Um, Like when you do programs, there are oftentimes program promises. So You Want to Be a Brand Photographer didn't really have a program promise. It was essentially get started with brand photography. So I tightened that up going into this round and called it the Brand Photography Jumpstart with the promise of make your first $500 with brand photography. So my goal was to have 200 people in the jumpstart. And the reason that we had a goal of 200 people was because I wanted 20 people in rebrand. So based on a pretty typical, albeit a little bit lower for me, um, conversion rate. So based on my typical conversion rate uh, and the conversion rate that I had last time, we wanted 200 people so we could have 20 people in rebrand. I ended up with about 221 people in the jumpstart. It was actually over 400. This is a little nuanced. I don't know how much you care about this, but because of the way that I set up the jumpstart in my email service provider, it was actually over 400 people because about half of those people were from the last round of the jumpstart. So immediately, that is something that I will do different next time. I will make a new segment because that just got a little bit confusing. And to be honest, I don't really know why I did it that way. Um, So it ended up being a little over 400 people, but there were about 200 new people, 221 new people. The mini course went from September 11th through September 15th, and then the doors to rebrand opened on September 15th. I started talking about the mini course on August 30th. So this is what I really want to share about today is the amount of content that goes into a launch. And I'll be honest with you, when I was recapping this, I was surprised that it wasn't more. It felt like more content, which I think is very telling of where my like headspace tends to be during a launch. And we'll get into that. So I started promoting the mini course on August 30th and then doors to rebrand closed on October 4th. I sent 12 emails to my list to sign up for the mini course. And then I sent 22 emails during the mini course. These were mostly getting people to watch the replays and show up live to the calls. And then once the mini course was over, I sent an additional 34 emails from rebrand doors are open to rebrand doors are closed. The amount of time that passed here was again, I started first promoting the mini course on August 30th, doors to rebrand closed on October 4th. So this was about 35 days. And over the course of 35 days, I sent 68 emails, 68 emails, 68 emails. (laughs) And again, I actually, I felt like I was sending more. Like I felt like I was sending so many emails. I was averaging almost two emails per day, especially if you don't include weekends. Um, which most of the time I was sending at least one email on the weekend too. I sent a lot of emails during this time period. And the feedback that I got about these emails was really interesting. I have a fair amount of people in my personal life who are on my email list because they're entrepreneurs or they just are, I don't know, interested in seeing what I'm talking about. And the majority of the people that I'm thinking of right now are not are not photographers. Um, They're just on my email list. 
And I received so many comments from those people who are not photographers who said, I am loving watching this launch. I love getting your emails. Like, I am, I'm loving this. And I know for a fact there were also a fair number of unsubscribes during this launch, which I'll talk about in a second. But for the most part, I was getting such good feedback from these emails. Not to mention the fact that multiple times I would send an email and then I would have people sign up for rebrand. So I knew that these emails were working. One of the things that I do in my launch is as soon as people enroll, they get like a five second market research form that says like, what made you sign up for this program? And a lot of them referenced specific emails that I sent. So I know for a fact that there were emails that resonated enough that people ended up signing up for the program. But I I just really want to drive this point home that I sent 68 emails and I had people telling me how good they were, even though they weren't photographers. And that's not to pat myself on the back when it comes to messaging, although my messaging did improve a lot this round and it was a lot easier to create content. The reason I mention this is because the hardest part of launching is managing your mind. And this was honestly my priority heading into this launch because a lot of the content that I sent out during this time was repurposed from my last launch. So I didn't have to create near as much this launch as I created the first launch. I was able to kind of reap the reward of having put in a lot of that work. I definitely had a few pieces of content, specifically social content, that was new this round. And my messaging looked different and all those things, but I repurposed a lot of stuff. So my time was a little bit more freed up. And because of my past launch and honestly how difficult it was for my mind, even though the launch ended up great, I ended up with about, I think I had 15 people the last round. So it was a success, but I had such a hard time managing my mind around it. I had a hard time with things like, you know, ending the mini course on a Friday afternoon and thinking I was probably going to have five signups by the time I went to bed and I had one. And I let that throw me off. Like I, I really let that affect how I was showing up. And it wasn't until really late into the launch that I felt like I had more of a handle on that. It really threw off how I was able to, to show up during this launch. And so I knew going into this third launch, that that had to be different and that I had to prioritize my mind. So I leaned on my business coach uh, and just kind of focused on coaching myself when I noticed myself having these thoughts. So a lot of the launch went very similarly to last time. I launched the early bird pricing at the end of the mini course on day five and I had one person sign up. But the energy of how I felt this time versus last time for the exact same results was so different. I was able to tell myself like, that's fine that only one person signed up. I know that the majority of signups come over the next couple of days and then at the end of my launch, I know that to be true. So I'm not going to panic about only having one person sign up in the first 24 hours. And Over the course of the next two and a half weeks, that's what a lot of my work looked like. It looked like managing my mind around this launch. I have had multiple coaching clients come to me 
over the years when they launch something like mini sessions and tell me that this launch was a total failure because they only booked two people or they booked no people or they didn't hit their goal or whatever it might be. And going through this launch process has made me realize that it's really a numbers game. You have to talk about the thing that you are promoting so much more than you think you have to. You simply cannot talk about something twice and then be mad that nobody signed up. You have to keep talking about it. And that is the hardest part of a launch because you're going to feel like you are being so annoying and you are going to feel like people have thoughts about you, right? You're, you're going to feel like, oh, I know these people on my email list are thinking, who does she think she is? And I know these people on social media are so sick of hearing from me. Those are the thoughts that are going to go through your brain and they are simply not true. I have referenced this statistic numerous times on this podcast and in my coaching, and that is that people need to see something seven times before they make a decision about it, before they commit to something. I think in 2023, that number has got to be so much higher than seven because we see so much messaging on a daily basis between using social media, between seeing marketing in our daily lives on billboards and on newspaper stands and on ads when we're trying to check the weather or check the news. Like there is so much messaging that we are constantly inundated with. We simply can't remember something unless we see it multiple times, like multiple, multiple times. We also know when it comes to social media that a very small percentage of your followers are actually seeing your content. This is why I honestly really love email for launches and I probably need to do a separate podcast episode about my feelings around email marketing. But if you're in a place where you are primarily using social media to book sessions or to announce different promotions in your business, which is perfectly fine by the way, you need to likely increase your frequency of talking about it even more. Even with sending 68 emails, even with having 25 pieces of Instagram content, even with, I think it was three podcast episodes, I also had an ad spend on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest of $475. So I spent $475 on ads. Even with all of these things, I still had people who came to me after doors closed asking if doors were still open. Even with all of this content, I really am beginning to think that you can't talk about something too much. And I'm sure that there are people out there that will disagree with me. I know that it's annoying to get 10 emails a day from Crate and Barrel. <laughs> I totally get that. And I understand that people are nervous about going too far in that direction. But if we pivot a little bit here and talk about messaging, this is where your messaging comes in. And I spent a lot of time between launches figuring out what I needed to say and how I needed to say it. So it didn't feel like I was sending 68 of the same emails or posting 25 of the same Instagram reels. My content was all quite different, even though it answered the same question. It answered the problem of like, should I sign up for rebrand? Is rebrand right for me? One of the biggest mistakes I see brand photographers make is sending over galleries that are too heavily focused on photos of their client. You heard me. 
you're probably delivering galleries that have too many photos of your client looking at the camera and smiling. A personal brand photography session is so much more than a gallery of headshots. A good brand session should leave your client with a library of images thoughtfully curated to grow their business. These aren't just pretty photos. They're pretty with a purpose. Brand sessions aren't just a million photos of your client's face, as beautiful as they may be. Galleries should be diverse and showcase not just the person behind the brand, but all the things that make up their business. This is how you create brand sessions that can really be put to work and not just collect dust in the cloud when they change their hairstyle. If you want clients who use their images and sing your praises from the roof, download my ultimate personal brand session shot list. This list covers the 10 images you should be getting at every session, plus a bonus concept that will have your clients so thrilled they have to tell all their friends, which means more business referred your way. You can grab the checklist at maddiepashong.com slash shot list. That's maddiepashong.com slash shot list. A lot of my work on my messaging comes through my own coaching, working with my own coach and really just spending time on stuff that I don't want to spend time on. Working on messaging is, it is really rewarding when it's done, but it's work that like almost doesn't feel like work. I guess it doesn't feel productive. And that's really tricky for me as an Enneagram three. Like it's hard to, you know, kind of work on something and not really have much to show for it. And I feel like working on your messaging feels like that sometimes, but it also has proven to be the best use of my time. If you're not currently working with a business coach to kind of guide you through some of those things, the best thing that I do when it comes to working on my own messaging is to talk to my clients. This is something that I do after every round of rebrand. I offer a free coaching call in exchange for asking them a couple of questions about their experience. And these calls are absolutely invaluable for me because I'm able to ask questions and then listen to their answers in their own words. And the way that they talk about, you know, where they were before rebrand and why they decided to come into rebrand and the successes that they've seen in rebrand and maybe the things in rebrand that like didn't work for them and why that is. These calls have helped me make some of the best changes in the group. Like every time I run a cohort, it gets better and better because of these calls. My messaging gets better and better because of these calls. They are invaluable. They take up a fair amount of time. I usually spend, you know, one to two weeks on these calls and it's so worth it. Another thing that I do is I have different checkpoints throughout the program to do this as well. So I'm not just asking for their reviews and feedback at the end of the program. I'm trying to do it throughout. I mentioned the market research form that they get prompted as soon as they sign up. This is incredibly valuable because this is happening real time. So as people are signing up, I'm getting more feedback from people as to what made them sign up. There were multiple times this round where I would see a market research form come through and they would talk about, you know, this really resonated with me and this is why I decided to enroll. And so I would go immediately write another email all about what that person said resonated with them because I know that if it resonates with them, it will resonate with somebody else. So that form is really, really helpful. I also have onboarding forms as they come in to rebrand. So asking just 
about like what their goals are and what are the things that they're struggling with. That's also something that I ask at the end of the program, like where were you before rebrand? But it's obviously going to be a lot more helpful to ask that question at the beginning of rebrand because it's fresh in their minds. Um, That does a couple of things. It allows me to understand where they are so I can be a better coach for them. It allows me to help them set goals better so it's easier to track the progress that they're making because we have like an official starting point. And it also helps me realize where other people are at when they're considering something like rebrand. And this, again, improves my messaging and my marketing for the next round. So when I have all of that information, it makes it so much easier to write 68 emails and 25 Instagram posts. Like I have a lot to say because I have all of these questions and thoughts and things that people who would be a really good fit for rebrand have actually said to me. And I can take all of that and turn it into really powerful content that addresses questions before people are even thinking of asking these questions. So that process, like I will continue doing that forever because it has been so helpful and valuable for me to be able to really get inside the mind of the people that I'm working with, get inside the mind of the people that I'm coaching so I can better understand their problem, so I can better help them fix it, right? Through something like Rebrand. A couple of wins from this launch. I am working really hard to get to the point where launches can just kind of happen in the background and they don't make me want to die. (laughs) And I'm getting better at this. Definitely the majority of the exhaustion is emotional when it comes to launches, but there's some physical and like mental exhaustion too. So some big wins from this launch are that I actually went to Minnesota over the very first weekend of the launch. I pretty much did the mini course and then got in the car. And then over the final weekend of the launch, I went to Malibu with a bunch of girlfriends and I consider both of those things really big successes because in the past I have kind of shut my life down for launches and then gotten upset when I can't shut my life down for launches because notoriously we'll have stuff pop up and I can't move like a family vacation. And apparently I don't do a very good job of actually scheduling around launches. And this time I just really embraced it. I tried to work ahead as much as I could and it was awesome. Like I'm very, very proud of that. There were also a few things that I should have planned further in advance that I didn't. And I think I actually did a better job of this during the first launch. So going into the next launch, I am going to be thinking about that a little bit more, like having a few more things scheduled and done like weeks, if not months ahead of time. So I just don't have to worry about it. One of the things that I left really till the last minute this time was podcast episodes. And because of that, my podcast episodes just didn't end up being, I don't think, as good as the last round. Or I shouldn't say the topics were really, really good. I just didn't like promote them to the best of my ability. So that's something that I'm thinking about going into the next launch. Like, how can I do this better and how can I make this easier and not be stressed about it? Another kind of win is that I have multiple really large projects and full shooting days during the course of this launch. 
And I'm considering this a win because I was able to stay above water. I was able to utilize my team. I outsourced a lot of editing during this time. And I did it. Like I was able to balance these really large projects with a launch and a lot of emails going out and onboarding and all of that. So in that case, it's a win. However, I don't want to ever do this again. (laughs) It was too much. It just ended up with me feeling really burned out. I was joking to some friends that I kind of disassociated from like August 30th to October 4th. Like I had a lot of projects happening. I had this launch happening. I had like current clients that I was dealing with. It was just too much to be honest with you. So yay, I did it. That's great. But going forward, I need to do a better job of protecting my calendar around launches. Not to the point where I'm shutting my life down, just to the point where I can focus a little bit more on the launch itself and not the launch and like three giant photography projects. That just doesn't work. I think the biggest takeaway from this launch is that I started my pre-launch earlier than I typically would have. And really my pre-launch just looked like my social media content was a bit more purposeful and targeted than it had been in the past. And I was directing people to some different email opt-ins that I recently created to essentially be growing my email list even in between launches. And this is something that I want to continue doing. I do think it contributed to this launch feeling easier because my audience had grown in between launches. This is something I'm prioritizing before the next launch. Um, I mentioned that I spent just under, yeah, $475 on ads this last round. And that's fine. I don't mind spending the money on ads. My issue is that I like have no idea what I'm doing. So I don't know (laughs) how great the click-throughs were and how optimized the audience was and all of that stuff. And after this round, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to figure out like how to do this better and how to optimize these ad spends better. So I'm going to be working with some people on this to optimize it for the next round. So really focusing on audience growth in between launches. And then just kind of a funny thing that happens every time I launch something and it's not rocket science, but every time I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting, is that my Instagram audience tends to grow pretty substantially during launches. And if you're listening to this, you're probably like, well, yes, duh, that would make sense, especially if you're spending money on ads. But it takes me by surprise every time, like this growth in followers, I think because it's harder to grow on Instagram now than it was even a couple of years ago. So it just always surprises me. Um, this time I had one of the reels that I had boosted as part of the ad spend ultimately went viral. Like I put, I don't know, 50 bucks behind it or something like that. And then it just took off. So even after I stopped spending money on it, like it's still bringing more people to my page. So my Instagram follower count increased 7.6%. I gained overall about 660 new followers. So that's really cool. I don't sell as often to Instagram. I do that more on my email list. And so now the goal is, you know, getting the right people onto my email list, but still kind of cool to see because I definitely make that initial connection with people most of the time on social media. And then my email list growth 
it grew by about 74 people. Now, if you remember from the beginning of this episode, I talked about how I increased my list by about 221 people because of that brand photography jumpstart, like those people were going to my email list. But my overall growth was only plus 74 people. Obviously, this is happening because people are unsubscribing. And I don't have the data yet of what it looks like, of what it looked like every email, like how many people unsubscribed each email. And I will look at that. Um, and I'm very curious to see what it says. But this is actually also a huge win for me because I have only probably in the last year or so been more specific about the content that I am sending out in my emails. And one of the things that I'm dealing with is while my list is a pretty good size, a lot of those people were on my list before I pivoted into the education niche that I'm in now. And so, yeah, I've got this list of, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people, but they're not really the right audience that I am most of the time selling to. So one of the things that I want to come out of these launches is to refine my list more and more. And I know for a fact that I have people who are not photographers who continue to stay on the list anyway, and they find it valuable. And that's awesome. I'm not trying to kick people off of the list who are like never going to buy from me. That's definitely not the vibe. But I do want my list to be more curated because it's going to serve my business better if that's the case. So I actually see that, you know, relatively high amount of unsubscribes as a pretty big win for my business goals right now. Even if you are not in a place with your business where you are launching something in the realm of education, which is probably a lot of you listening right now, I think so many of these things that I have shared today can be helpful as you promote different parts of your business. I think that this is the same attitude that we should be approaching mini sessions or building your brand photography portfolio. Like, you have to talk about the thing that you are promoting. You have to actively talk about the thing that you want to sell. And it's normal to have that voice in your head that says, you're being annoying. People are going to get sick of you. But just know that that voice is not true. And if there are people who get sick of you, they can unsubscribe, they can unfollow, and you will not die. Everything will be okay. So please use this as a little bit of motivation to talk about the thing that you're doing. Talk about the thing that you're selling. Nobody wins if you are the best kept secret in your industry. People need to know about what you're offering because they can't buy it if they don't. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.